When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, quickly want to run through the scoreboard here. The Montreal Canadiens now trailing Tampa Bay 1-0. That is late in the second period. Of course, the Canadiens first overall, a point ahead of the Oilers. Wild up 2-0 on the Sabres early in the third. The Leafs lead the Panthers 3-2 late in the second period. Tyler Bozak, two goals for the Buds. Islanders and Penguins 1-1 in the third. The Jets lead Dallas 2-0 early second period. Uh, same part of the game, no score between the Red Wings and the Blues. Arizona and Philly, 2-2 after two. Oliver ekman Larson with his fifth of the season. Predators and Kings later, along with the Blue Jackets and the Sharks. Football tonight, start of the second quarter, Tennessee 10, Jacksonville nothing. You can text 630-630. This texter says, Reed, like everyone else, I love the good start on the Oilers. The only concern I have is our backup goaltender. Talbot can't play forever. Sorry, that's from Rod. Uh, He can't. I think he's going to play a lot. I think he'll keep playing until next weekend when they have back-to-backs against the Islanders and Red Wings. He might start over 60 games. Uh, Fair concern about Gustafson. I, I didn't love the signing in the summer, that's for sure. Todd McClellan did say last night Gustafson has been through this before. He's been a backup. He knows what it's like to go a long time without playing. So I think the Oilers uh, think he can handle it. We shall see. That 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 is fair enough. But I think Talbot's going to play a lot. Uh, good text from Mark. I'll get to that in a second because it's going to segue into something I want to talk about. And I'll catch up on the text line. But Chris from Phoenix has been hanging on. Chris, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hey, man. Just, just don't worry about it. Just talk all the Star Wars you want. We'll be two steps behind you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I used, I used to I used to love uh, Def Leppard, so it's all good. Good. Um, I think the issue with the Oilers, uh, us Oilers fans, is um, it's almost like uh, we've been dating an ugly woman for the past ten years, and we're finally, you know, we finally start dating a hot woman, and we just don't know what to do. So <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, don't start making any awesome. other references like that guy did last night on the show. Leave it at that. <laughs> I think it's good. I don't. I don't see. I don't really see us. Uh, uh, you know, having our typical uh, downfall of losing like six or seven in a row, just because uh, a lot of the guys that we have here now haven't been here for you know for the duration of of our uh, you know lose our uh, horrible seasons. Like, and plus, you know, you you add a guy like Lucic, I don't think Lucic is gonna is gonna tolerate losing more than two or three three games in a row. He's gonna you feel crazy in that dressing room. And uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's nice to see. And, and as far as the the shots. I'm not too worried about the shots because it's not like it's not like in years past when we'll where we'll get out shot, you know, by like 20 shots and they're all high quality shots. A lot of the shots seem to be, you know, perimeter shots or 
shots that you know aren't of the, of the necessarily of the highest quality. So uh, that that doesn't really that doesn't really bother me because I, I can I can see us you know toning those down and you know it is what it is. I'm just happy that we're actually winning and I'm, I'm taking it day by day. I'm taking it game by game. But you look at the next three or four games, like you said, we could be nine and one. Can you imagine? What the NHL and when what the rest of Canada is going to do if the Oilers are nine? Can you imagine Leafland and Flamers Land if the Oilers are nine and one? Well, if the Oilers I, ever do get really, really good, uh, the rest of the country is going to hate the Oilers and hate Edmonton because they're going to uh, look at the McDavid lottery and they're going to look at the new rink and they're going to be angry and jealous if that ever happens. Still have to get there. Well, and, and there's a we have a good chance, and just 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 think of how good this team can be if the power play actually decides to start clicking. That's well, all I have. And a great show, and let's go Oilers. Let's kick some Canuck butt tomorrow. All right, Chris from Phoenix, ready to rock and roll tomorrow night. We'll probably hear from him after the game. Oh, I forgot to ask him the temperature in Phoenix. It's probably like 105 Fahrenheit. That's all right. You can text 630-630. This uh, tie says on the line, I think the Oilers are going to have a good season because they have one of the best goalies in the league. And uh, they also have a young lineup, especially with the first line. Todd McClellan is a good coach behind the bench, so I think he will be there for a while. Well, he's in year two of a five-year contract. Uh, I was thrilled when they hired McClellan. And uh, I think he's doing a really good job. I think the players are starting more and more to believe in what he's been teaching and seeing how it can work if they commit to it. Uh, and as I've said before, I don't think finishing second last last year was, was on McClellan. I really did. I, I think he's a, he's a good coach. Cal says, hi, Reed. I think McClellan has these guys buying into what their roles are on the team. A hockey team is like a work team for any company. You have to have everyone on board to do what management and coaches want you to do in order to be a successful team. And you can easily see that after every game, this group of guys are really gelling together. I was at the game last night, and they are doing the little things right. As Stoffer would say, they are starting to play the right way. It's, it's exciting to watch the Oilers' great times are ahead. That is from Cal, who's feeling optimistic tonight. Well, you, hey, why not? Six and one, better than uh, picking apart losses, right? Gary on line one, 780-496-0063. Hey, Gary. Uh, good evening, Reed. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it very much. Yep. Well, uh, just want to start off saying that for some of the order, so-called order fans out there, uh, I've always been a diehard order fan going back to the early 70s. I know there's been always uh, there's been always the good times, the memory times, all the Stanley Cup they won back uh, at formerly the Rexall Place. Um, I think with this, this new team that we've got now, with the players we've got, uh, you got to look at the positive side. You know, I've never jumped off the bandwagon. Boy, stayed on it. I know there's been bad times. You kind of shake it off and move ahead. That's the way I look at it. Move on in life, as they say too. So this way, look at it. New arena, new captain. New memories. Very straightforward. Right on. Enjoy the games, buddy. Thank you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I so I got behind on the text and I got some good ones tonight, so I want to read as many as I can. Jeff says, Hi Reed, Todd's comments about accountability and boundaries very positive. If they can maintain such a culture, they will have truly turned the corner. And uh, Beans with a very clear and to the point text, which I think is a good one. He says, The Oilers are a patient team. They do not self sabotage. This is a team. That is from Beans. You know what? The, the self sabotage thing is a good point. And let's face it, 
the, the Oilers of, of the 10-year the drought, and hopefully it doesn't become 11, often weren't losing uh, simply because they weren't confident. I mean, there wasn't a lot of talent on a lot of those rosters. But there, there were definitely some long spells in recent years where games spun out of control. And a one nothing deficit turned into a 3 nothing deficit, and they didn't really know how to deal with it, and they didn't really have the, you know, the uh, confidence or the, or the jam in the lineup to deal with it. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's two ways to win a hockey game. One is to beat the other team outright when both teams are playing well. And sometimes you win because you don't make mistakes and you let the other team make, make the mistakes. And I think that patient, controlled game is becoming a larger part of the Oilers' DNA. Because you're not going to spank a team for 60 minutes every night or out-and-out beat them, but sometimes just a patient, mistake-free game can still wind up with a positive result as well. Hello, Jason. Hello. Go ahead, man. Uh, I just wanted to say I was not a believer and I did not pick the Oilers to make the playoffs. I predicted them to make uh, about 80 points, but after watching them against St. Louis and against Washington, again, it's not just that they won, it's how they won. Uh, they, if, even if they had lost, they played a structured game, which is something that has been driving me crazy in the years past. Yeah. Uh, my one question is, if you look at last year when McDavid and Clefbaum were injured, um, like last year, St. Louis was a prime example of a team with depth they lost some key players, but they were still able to make it to the conference finals. Where are the Oilers right now if we lose someone along the lines of a, a Lucic or a Larson or a Clef Bomber, God help us, McDavid, like if they're out for like a Jonathan Quick kind of time or even Talbot, like I don't think Gustafson is quite up near Talbot's level. No. Where are we at for depth in your opinion? I, I don't think it's good enough, Jason. I think it's better since Shirelli took over, and I, and I think if you look uh, def- defensively is one area, but you're right. If a high-end guy goes down for the Oilers, it will hurt because Slepeshev is not that well-equipped to replace Lucic or Everly for long-term. Pitlick is not that well-equipped to play higher in the lineup. Now, Jason, this year they have dealt... I mean, don't forget, they got five guys injured, right? Davidson, Fain on the back end, Hendricks, Packerin, and Kajula up front. Maybe you count Kajula as a half guy because he hasn't actually played in the NHL. So let's say they, they do have four guys injured that had a pretty good chance to be on the roster. So they, they, they're dealing with the injuries to lower ice time guys well. But you make a valid point. Now, having said that, how good would Chicago do if Crawford and Kane both missed significant time? Probably wouldn't you know, be as good. Note, I wonder if uh, having Caves and Kane occupying $21 million of Chicago's salary budget you know, is that, you know, and I'm just looking at the future of the Oilers when we're, because obviously McDavid's going to be whatever the top amount of money that he'll get is, you know, how that affects things long term as well. Well, for sure it'll have an effect, but somebody texted that in the other night. I, I think that's a good problem to have. Oh, and, yeah. And I mean, Chicago still had 103 points last year, even though they lost in the first round. It wasn't that first round, wasn't St. Louis and Chicago last year third overall against fourth overall? Something like that? Yeah, they were really close. Remember, yeah. it came right down to the last few games. Yeah, but you're you're right. I I don't. I still I I still don't think the Oilers are as deep as they need to be. Uh, you know, like Pittsburgh had some guys come up from the minors last year, right, and play well in the playoffs. I think Shirelli's working on that. Shirelli's not just working on the NHL. He's working on the AHL as well. And that's why the Russell signing is still valuable. Not only has he playing, he's been playing well. 
it puts Reinhardt in the minors. It puts Osterley in the minors. It puts uh, Fane as your seventh defenseman. Salary, so. What's that? Russell has outplayed his salary, in my opinion, so I'm really happy with him. Yeah, he's been good. Thanks for calling, Jason. All right, Steve, Brandon, and Randy are up next, but we got to take a timeout. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Just seeing on Twitter that people are making fun of the Jacksonville Jaguars uniforms tonight. I just flipped over to Thursday Night Football. I don't know what that color is. It, it's it's somewhat vomit-like, though there's more going on there than just vomit. I mean, I, I hate to say that while you may be out there having supper or driving around or whatever, but it's 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 not an appealing color. 17 nothing. Tennessee is ahead. I don't know. If you're home listening, just flip on the Thursday night football and look at the colors. Hey, Steve, what's going on? Hey, Reed. I just want to get your feedback on a couple of things. The first one I'd like your feedback on uh, after I hang up is this new goaltender equipment. Um, the way I problem solve is you've got, I don't know, say 50 goalies. It's all custom fit. They're all millionaires. The manufacturer calls them up and says, hey, guys, we're doing a fitting next month. We're going to fly you in here. We're going to get you set up based on the new regs, and uh, you're going to be good to go. But uh, I'm listening to various sports broadcasters, and there seems to be a lot of confusion, at least uh, in the media, with regard to the to goaltending equipment changes. And honestly, I don't know anything about it. They, they didn't so change didn't... any. They 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 didn't do it. They didn't change it. Uh cool. Yeah, I'm just, I just Googled this while you're talking. You know Mark Spector, right? He wrote something... If, when you get home, Steve, if you're not home, just, when you get home, Google Mark Spector goalie equipment, and a couple of the older guys were apparently holding it up. Oh. And, yeah, I don't think anything went through for this year. I think it might be now for next year. Uh, I'm, okay. j- I'm pretty sure I got that right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is a little bit obscure, but um, I think it's worth mentioning. I'm hearing the ice surface at the new uh, the new place, and I haven't been there yet. Is superb, like beyond good. So I think it's uh, it's easy to hate a billionaire like the Cates Group, but I got to tell you, he's done this first class. I'm hearing he's got not only uh, you know investing hundreds of millions in his empire, but he's putting first class personnel in that building. And uh, from what I'm hearing on the street, the ice surface is one of the best in the NHL right now. So I just wanted to share that with the, the Chet Nation that's listening to your show, and and thanks very much. I'm. Uh, I, I'm appreciating your efforts. Cheers. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Brandon calling in tonight. Hello, Brandon. Reed, how you doing? Doing, doing well. Good to hear from you. Good, good. Hey, I just wanted to touch on uh, what McClellan was saying there on um, um, team uh, responsibilities or whatever and, and whatnot. Uh, as as soon as you start stop or as soon as you stop playing for yourself, stop playing for your coach. And start playing for your team. That's a winning for, formula. Um, you know what I mean? Um, like I've I've played on on a lot of uh, competitive teams throughout my life. And if you know if you hold yourself accountable and your team holds each individual accountable, that's a winning formula right there. Um, you know if uh, you, you know you you can look at each other eye to eye, and and you know you're not. 
uh, getting down on each other, but you know, telling each other that you know you you you, you made a mistake and you know, pick yourself up, you can pick yourself up in this area and that area, then, you know, that's a winning formula. And not only in sports, but in, in life, you can take that throughout, you know, anywhere. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think I, I think you're right. And I was, I, when Todd said that today, I was kind of like, this is the most encouraging thing I've heard a coach say in, in several years, you know, and he, he didn't, he wasn't emphasizing it or trying to make a big deal about it. But I just, I just hope that continues. And we all know, Brandon, it's a team that has been um, easily discouraged. And I'm not trying to criticize yeah. any of the personalities involved because, like I said earlier, the roster often hasn't been that great either. But yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, if 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 I lose a puck battle. You don't, you don't, and you're my line mate. It's not even that you have to come to the bench and yell at me about it, but you might say, Hey, Reed, if you chip that out, I got a two on one, right? Like little, just a look, yeah, just whatever, yeah. That's all it takes, you know what I mean? And, and you know what? You know, you give a guy a look and and he knows, you know, you just give the head nod and, and that's it, you know? And, and, and next time, you know, it might not turn out that way. You know, the you know he's, he he knows instantly that you you know you're you're playing for a team, not not for yourself, not for a coach, not for you know your own accolades, but you're playing for a team, right? And 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 I see that with these guys. Like I, I I'm 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 on board. I'm on board with the Edmonton Oilers, and and for everybody that uh, you know finding excuses for them to lose. You know, come on, we're we're Oilers fans here. We're get everybody get on board. Yeah, well, they're gonna lose. I just think they'll the losses will be. I don't I don't I, I don't think they're gonna pile up. So that's that's well, what I'm looking I, for. I think I think the wins will be more more than the losses. Thanks for calling, buddy. You betcha. Thanks for the time. Okay, do we have uh, Matthew? Do we have time to get Randy in? We got we can give Randy about uh, a minute or so. Hey, Randy, go ahead. Hey, long time no talk. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. Um, who do you think? was a better signing or the better defenseman coming in was it Adam Larson in the in the Hall trade or has it been Chris Russell who do I think has been better this season yeah uh, well, I, I've probably Russell has been more consistent. Larson, I thought, had one tough night. Was it against Carolina? I think long term. I mean, obviously, Larson's going to be here longer. They got him on a pretty good contract at just over four million a year. I think long term, Larson's going to contribute more to the Oilers. But Russell has really hit it out of the park to start the season. Um, I ask because when can they offer Russell a con- another contract? Is that at the beginning of, of, of 17? No, I think, uh, is there a time limit on extending a guy in the middle of the season? I'd have to look that up, but I I, I don't know if they'll extend him, Randy, until I, I think they'll wait and see what happens and how the whole season goes. I, I don't know I don't know if they, they'd do that that early. And Plus, don't you want the guy to feel like he's got to keep going out there and grinding away to get a deal? I don't know. That's how I look at it. What 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 would his price point be at the rate he's playing right now? Well, he's getting three point one. I mean, he's. I, I mean, like I I I like what he's doing, Randy, but I also don't want to overestimate who he is. He blocks shots, he defends, he moves the puck. He's not going to pile up forty or fifty points. Is he worth the? I mean, he's he's probably playing more like a four to four and a half million dollar defenseman as opposed to a three point one. That's how I would look at it. And Clefbaum and Clefbaum and Larson are both making what around four point two. And I don't think we've seen the best out of Clefbaum yet. I think he's still got a lot of catching up to do. 
Yes, I think that's fair. And Larson is still relatively young too, right? So we may see yeah. the best. I mean, that's what I said. By the time his contract runs out, the Oilers are going to have, I believe, a 28-year-old defenseman with 600 career games under his belt. The best, like at the end of this contract, the best could still be to come from Adam Larson. That's why I like about that part of it. And I think that the Oilers have to get him out of the New Jersey type system and back into the the West West type system and the Oilers type system. Well, I've I've, I've liked uh, I've liked uh, from him. I've liked what I've seen from him so far. Randy, I got to run. Okay, thanks for calling. Okay, thanks, Reed. All right, seven twenty nine. We'll have more uh, Oilers talk and open line uh, later on. But we do want to have Jamie Thomas in from Hamilton because uh, the Eskimos got a big game against the Cats tomorrow. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I have had uh, two texts. Well, I've had several texts about the Jacksonville Jaguars uniforms, the color, and two separate texters have said it is, I hope I'm saying this right, calf scour yellow, which is basically calf diarrhea. So there you go. I learned something tonight. Uh, I do have a traffic note. Someone just texted in. Thanks for that. Kyle in the newsroom. I hope you can hear me. Uh, Open up the text line if you don't have it open. Apparently we have a accident involving an ETS bus eastbound Ellerslie Road and 127th Street intersection so be uh, cautious in that area he's been updating you on the other traffic issue as well tonight Jamie Thomas from sport or sorry from uh, TSN I, I, your former job uh, TSN 1150 in Hamilton formerly yeah. of a channel right here in Edmonton how are you doing yeah. Jamie pretty good uh, you know what that color of the Jacksonville Jaguar jersey is what it's like great poop it's awful great poop the mustard. Uh, I'm not. I, I flipped to that game just to see the uniforms. I have Tampa Bay Montreal on right now. Yeah. But the, the Thursday, like it, this, the NFL is a league that is so conservative so so many times that I'm mm. surprised they decided to do this color rush thing on Thursday night. Yeah. And, it, and then it's generally a disaster, but they just keep doing it. I've seen a couple, but it's it's ordinarily it's not the one with the like the white one, like the Green Bay Packers white that they had on Thursday night with Chicago was really nice. And yep. then when the Dolphins played with their, I don't even want to talk about it, but with uh, Cincinnati was wearing white that night. Those ones were sharp. So it's the one where they get a little out of control with the, the color scheme uh, when they go full blue or full what gray poupon yellow. With Jacksonville, it's just it's another way, and you know for dang, you know for darn fact that people are raking out the cash to buy those jerseys. But uh, I mean, Jacksonville, Tennessee doesn't exactly resonate with the the national audience, if you ask me. But I, everyone has to play on Thursday night. Well, I mean, I've I've said this before. I mean, Jacksonville is the one city where the NFL would never admit it publicly, but probably if you got NFL executives a little tipsy, they will say, "Yeah, we just they shouldn't have put a team there." Did, did. Yeah, and the owner went down and met with the players today, and that's that's never good, ever, ever, to ask if if he can do anything to make things better. That's just his way of trying to find out, get a sense what's going on with Gus Bradley and everything. But man, with Jacksonville, they've spent a whole ton of money on their defense in the off season. Gus Bradley's a former defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. He brought over their defensive system. So if you fire him, he's brought in all those players. He's got all the right players in the system for his type of defense. 
and you fire him, that, that makes no sense. Right. So it's it, Blake Bortles has been killing him this year. He's been awful in year number three in the National Football League. So I think you look no further than their offensive and the, the reason why they're, they're struggling this year. Hey, I got to ask you. What, I know it's a few days old, but but you, yeah. you'll probably have a sense of humor about it. What do you think of that six six game? <laughs> how, yeah, how do you miss in a controlled environment? How do you miss a field goal? And how does Chandler Cannizzaro have a job? Because he <laughs> he missed a field goal in week number one against New England in prime time. Again, it was a prime time game of Sunday Night Football, and uh, you know, if if he hits those two field goals, they're five and two this year. So, I mean, it's it's just crazy that you can miss. I, I get when there's weather playing a role in it. I, You know, Tim Hortons Field is well known for its crappy wind, and it, it is awful. It's a tough place to kick. But for inside in, inside University of Phoenix Stadium in, in Phoenix, is just ridiculous. You can miss any kick. But that 6-6 game, they got to get rid of this tie thing, the, the whole thing. I, I, I'm going back to that sudden death thing. If you, if you lose a coin toss, sorry. Too bad. It's just the way things work. Well, that's, that's I, I like I, I like the shootout that they have in every other league. I, I don't mind starting on the thirty-five or yeah. whatever it is in the NCAA. Montreal it, just tied it against Tampa. I don't mind that. And I mean, the Golden Bears in Manitoba. I don't know if you read about it. Had a seven mm-hmm. overtime game on Saturday. So that's fantastic. At least you're going back and forth. At least there's some sort of entertainment. And the NCAA does it, and CFL does it. So, but there shouldn't be a tie. That's all. I mean, you got to keep going until you get this thing over with. But. Yeah. Starting well, from the 35 is good, too, as well. But just something that says you're going to end the game. And there's chartered flights now in the National Football League, so I don't think any – where do they really have to go? It's not like in the NHL where you have to go right. somewhere the next night. you got a week off. Just do do your job and finish things off. Well, the CFL did have a tie this year. Um, yep. I mean, there aren't a lot of ties in either league. Maybe there's – it's a little more likely in the CFL, but not much. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, one, the one thing the CFL could do is – I wouldn't mind that for each overtime session you move in by 10 yards. So eventually yeah. maybe you're starting on the 15 or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's no there's no perfect way to do it. But Find a way to end the game and, and not in a tie. That's all there is to it. So just get people entertained, do your job, end the game with somebody winning. That's all there is to it. Hey, speaking of entertainment, and before we tee up the Eskimos, Tiger Cats, as a uh, mm-hmm. former uh, proud Edmontonian and a guy who covered the Oilers for several years. What is what is your level of entertainment with this uh, six and one start? You're a little more detached from being right here yeah. in the uh, in in the environment. Are you uh, skeptical, skeptical, cautiously optimistic, full on board, or what? Um, I, I'm from the start when they, I know people are, were not a big fan of the Taylor Hall Adam Larson trade. I was a huge fan. I've always I've always liked Adam Larson, and I've always liked that type of player that can actually move the puck as a defenseman and I think they've quietly got better on the back end I still think there's work to be done and it's not going to turn over overnight um, talk to me in December if if you know if they're still in the same area but I just there's too many good teams in the west for, for, for me to see this as being sustainable but at the same time they made changes they got guys out of the locker room that had been there a lot during the tough times that maybe they needed a, a new place to go I have to give them 100% credit for trying to make changes and bring in new people and get rid of the old Oiler way and the old Oiler faces because that, that stuff wasn't working. So as long as Cam Talbot keeps uh, handling the number one role the way he has, and he's been fantastic, um, I still think it's going to be a little bit tough for them to make the playoffs. But, man, it, 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 it's much funner to watch the Oilers on television 
than it had been about you know for the last four five years. Yeah, well, like I was saying earlier, you feel. I mean, they had a bad night against Buffalo. Those those will happen. Yeah. But I feel yeah, like it. Those. I feel like at least most nights you can sit down to watch a game or go to a game and feel like okay, probably in the third period they'll be within a shot of either tying it or going ahead. Yeah. You know, that's that, you, that. Most games in the NHL are decided by one or two goals. So hopefully they yeah. they keep staying in that neighborhood. A world class player changes everything, though, Reed. Like it just and you, when you have a Connor McDavid, that that changes so many things about your hockey team that anything can you know whenever he's on the ice that brings people to the rink that brings people tuning in on television listening on the radio it's just it changes so many things uh for any sports organization the Oilers are blessed to have number 97 on their team well and you you saw what he did last night to john carlson <laughs> who's a very good defenseman and he- oh. Yeah, he just—I uh, mean—he turned a three-on-three into a two-on-one. That's what McDavid yeah. did with his speed. It's so. just unbelievable, and it's just—you run out of ways of describing how good he is. And it's just—it's such a joy to tune in. And I was talking to Frank Saravelli, one of our hockey analysts, uh, the other day on our show, and he, I just asked, like, if there's anybody who'd you pay to watch, and he just said Connor McDavid. And uh, I agree with him. I, I wouldn't pay many for many to watch many players in the NHL, but uh, Sidney Crosby and, and and Connor McDavid are up top of that list. 743 Inside Sports on 630. Chad Jamie Thomas is the host of Tie Cats at noon on TSN 1150 in Hamilton. So game tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I should note for the Eskimos here, defensive back Pat Watkins, receiver Nate Kuhorn will not play. They're both on the one-game injured list, so that hurts uh, the Eskimos a little bit. Uh, I think especially with Watkins going out. You saw BC kind of their passing game got a little better when Watkins got hurt last week. From a Hamilton perspective, I mean, Kalaro's uh, finally back. Sounds like he's going to go. Yeah, he is. He'll, he'll start tomorrow. He's practiced. He, he came back on Monday and was practicing the, with the whole week with the team. And um, I mean, the last time that Zach Kalaro's played against the Evans Eskimos, though, if you recall, he blew out his knee. And, uh, the Ticats didn't see him for 11 months. So he's had his, he's had his stretch of bad luck and um, his head bounced off a turf on a hit from Charleston Hughes the last, in the last game he played. Uh, at the end of October against the Calgary Stampeders. So it's it's been a tough go, or sorry, at the end of just recently. Anyways, he's missed two starts, uh, the back-to-back games against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So uh, he's back. The thing is, he hasn't been as mobile as he was before the injury. And, I, of course, that, that tends to happen here and there. And that was a big part of his success of what he did, uh, and the and the Ticat offense for that matter. So uh, I'm curious to see how he fits in, how he gets back in the swing of things, and how much does this concussion affect him, period. Because he said he couldn't even watch TV. He couldn't even look at film. Um, He had to sit in the dark a lot. So that, to me, rings so many bells and makes you really wonder, um, should he be out there at this moment? Because I thought Jeremiah Masoli was... He's caused a lot of problems. He throws uh, ill-advised passes, but, man, can that guy make things happen with his legs and uh, he still has that incredible arm of, of his as well. So um, they, they come back and you know, they win and come back fashion and go into Ottawa on a rainy night. And Henry Burris throws 400 yards, over over 400 yards passing against them. He put up almost 800 in the two games. So if Edmonton's going to do what they normally do, which is throw the ball very well, this is the right team to do it because they're starting to they, they have injuries at the Sam linebacker position. Um, Emmanuel Davis, who ordinarily plays corner, is, is at free safety, so they've had to make changes due to necessity. Um, so they're they're really hurting. But again, um, the front seven is is 
one of the best. And, he, and of course, uh, Evans Eskimo fans would be very familiar with John Chick, who's yeah. really had a rebirth in, in, in Hamilton. He's got 13 sacks this year. He was one of the Shaw CFL top performers of the week. He had two sacks last week in, in, in Hamilton, or sorry, in Ottawa. Forced a fumble in, in overtime, which led to the winning points of the game. So he'll, he'll be a real handful. The front four is really uh, a real handful to deal with, too. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know it's not going to be as crazy as it was in Edmonton uh, <laughs> in terms of the comeback fashion, but uh, it's, it's going to be a good one in Hamilton tomorrow night. All right, and before I let you go, so Ottawa is a point ahead of Hamilton. They yep. will finish 1-2 in the East. So yep. Hamilton needs Ottawa to to lose a game, basically, to have a chance at first, right? Yeah, and and Hamilton owns the tiebreaker because they outscored them uh, in the two-game series that they had. They both won a game each, but Hamilton won by two points in that aspect. But Hamilton, in essence, would have to have a tie somewhere along the line for them to end up pulled even somewhere along the line. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, they got to win this game and hope that Winnipeg does them a favor because Winnipeg has Ottawa in a home-and-home series to close up the year. Well, that'll be that. I mean, that Winnipeg Ottawa, those two games might be yeah. the best two games to watch over the last two weeks of the season because both teams are playing for either home field or a bye, right? So, yeah, those might be really good games. Else. I think pretty much what my guess is that is that Evans will be coming here for the East semifinal. That was just that's just my guess. And I don't think it's I, I I'm not a I mean, look, it's it, I, I just the people that are saying, oh, you want to go East? I'm just like they're zero and three combined against Hamilton and Ottawa. Yeah. And I would, yeah. and I quite frankly, I favor the Tiger Cats tomorrow because uh, I just think Watkins being out and the Eskimos have been so so up and down. I think that's a tough matchup for Edmonton tomorrow. So, and, and Kevin Elliott's been a really really good his one game. You know, the one game he played last week, that one of the uh, disheveled or uh, spurned receivers from the Toronto Argonauts. Oh, right. Of course, Vidal Hazelton <laughs> is not going to. He's not playing right. So. Um, and Kevin Elliott had over 100 yards receiving, and Andy Fancy uses always. But uh, Tycats was missing Luke Tasker. He's just a key cog in the offense. So both teams uh, hurt in key key positions. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair in, in, in tomorrow night at Tim Hortons Field. All right. Well, we got it for you here on 6.30. Ched, we'll start at 3.30, and uh, I know you'll be broadcasting out there as well. Jamie, thanks for chiming in tonight, man. Always fun to talk to you. Okay, buddy. Save up for Rogue One. Yes, there is, there's. we have to get his one Star Wars reference in. We'll talk about that movie when it comes out. Uh, it's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Here's what we got to do. Uh, we got to get to the scoreboard coming up. I'll do that after the break. And then uh, we'll get a few more Oilers comments. We'll, you'll hear from Benoit Pouliot and a little more from Todd McClellan because I do have some interesting comments on uh, shot differential and what he wants to do about it. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Matt Hendricks is still uh, out at least a couple of more weeks here with an injury. The Montreal Canadiens now leading Tampa Bay 2-1. You said uh, I missed the go-ahead goal. You said Pacioretty got the go-ahead goal there, Matthew? Yes, Max Pacioretty All got right. it. And they tied it while I was talking. To, so they get, they scored both goals while we had Jamie Thomas on the air. Your <laughs> scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call Crystal Glass today. The Canadians 6-0-1 on the season. The only team ahead of the Edmonton Oilers in the overall standings. The Maple Leafs lead the Panthers 3-2. About seven and a half minutes left in Toronto. Arizona up 4-3 on the Philadelphia Flyers. Six minutes to go in that game. After two periods in St. Louis, the Blues and Detroit tied 1-1. Winnipeg taking it to Dallas tonight, 3-0. 
after two periods. Patrick Laine has his fifth of the season. Minnesota shuts out uh, Buffalo 4-0. Buffalo, their only win of the season, came over the Edmonton Oilers. The Penguins beat the Islanders 4-2, three goals in the third period for the uh, Penguins. Crosby scores again his second of the season. Later on tonight, the Blue Jackets play the Sharks and the Predators, who were uh, hammered 6-1 last night by Anaheim will visit the Los Angeles Kings, who have pulled their way back up to 500, 3-3 on the season. Thursday night football is not close. 24-0 for Tennessee leading Jacksonville. They are late in the first half. The Anaheim Ducks signing defenseman Hampus Lindholm, six years, $31.5 million. The Senators uh, goaltender Craig Anderson has taken a leave of absence from the team to attend to a personal matter. Ottawa at the Oilers on Sunday. We'll have that one for you. That'll go at 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. Remember the doubleheader tomorrow, 3.30. We start with our Eskimos coverage. Game starts at 5 against Hamilton. Should end right around 8 o'clock, and then we'll go to Vancouver for the Oilers and the Canucks. So that'll be a fun day. Hey, did you see the, uh, I don't know if you, I, I think I saw it on somebody's Facebook. No, Bob tweeted it out, actually. There was an article on the Oilers in the New York Times. Yes, I did, did you see it. Did you see a couple people they interviewed? First of all, uh, Matt Henderson, archaeological guy. I can't say it. The guy on Twitter who's a big Oilers blogger. We've had him on the show. Yep. And Raph Papiani, interviewed, who that. used to work right here at uh, 630 Chet. How about that? It's impressive, Reed. I, I, was, I was stunned, but good for uh, Raph. He's, he's such a good guy. You know, he's a class act. Yes. He's a good guy. I, didn't, I did not realize he had a McDavid license plate. I mean, not there until that article, of course. Yeah, I learned something about Raph. I haven't been in touch with Raph for a while. I'll have to, have to text him. Maybe he'll call into the show. All right, here's what we're going to do. A little more on uh, Todd McClellan. Get some comments from the Eskimos as they get ready for the Tiger Cats. And uh, between 8.30 and 9, going to be joined in studio by Grant Lovig. He's the uh, president and CEO of Epic Legacies. And Alan Watt from the Edmonton Eskimos. And there's this awesome book epic legacy of the Edmonton Eskimos I was looking at it this afternoon it is incredible goes over the entire Eskimos history Terry Jones wrote it if you're looking for a Christmas gift it's it's incredible but they're only printing 2,000 of them so we'll fill you in on how they put the whole thing together that's all ahead 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad